Thank you for listening to Enabled this week. Since newly elected President Biden took over at the White House, you are probably aware of many changes. But have you heard about new plans for accessibility of the White House website? And by the way, that website is www.whitehouse.gov. In this program, I'll present a brief explanation from the New York Times about what that will mean for the White House website, and then I'll have lots more information on just what website accessibility means. First, a few words about the White House announcement, and this comes from the WWW New York Times. The dateline is January 20th on Inauguration Day. The article was written by Brian Peitch. The headline reads, The Biden administration quickly revamped the White House website, and here's how. Now, please note that I'll mention here they addressed issues in this article, such as preferred pronouns, climate change as one of their priorities, Spanish language availability, and other topics. But I feel this particular section on accessibility might be of interest to people who are blind or visually impaired. A couple of sentences. They say, Whitehouse.gov now includes a variety of accessibility components, such as high contrast and large text modes, according to Matt Hodges, an engineering director on the Biden team. An accessibility statement on the site reads like this. This commitment to accessibility for all begins with this site and our efforts to ensure all functionality and all content is accessible to all Americans. And now we'll go on to some more information about website accessibility in general. I found a website called fuzzymath.com. Their headline reads, Improve Accessibility for Users Who Are Visually Impaired with These Nine Tips. This was posted by Rachel Vorm. What is web accessibility and web design for blind users? Plainly put, web accessibility enables people with disabilities to perceive, understand, navigate, interact with, and contribute to the web. Much like how years ago the Americans with Disabilities Act stepped up for those who cannot walk and required wheelchair access to all buildings constructed after 1991, the user experience, and this is abbreviated UX among those who know about these things, the user experience, or UX, these designers should ensure equal accessibility for all users by designing web-based experiences that can be used, understood, and accessed by people with a diverse range of visual, auditory, cognitive, and physical disabilities. Because web experiences are inherently visual, the web is fraught with sites, tools, and apps that are practically unusable for people with visual impairments. For example, it's not uncommon to see websites that use combinations of background and foreground colors that make pages virtually unreadable for colorblind users. Despite all this, people with visual impairments use the web every day to surf, read and write emails, and to do anything else anyone can conceivably do on the internet. So what might happen when uh, Joe Schmo, who is colorblind, cannot read the text on a site because it blends in with the background? Easy. He must move on. 
You see, inaccessibility equals exclusion. Not only does Mr. Schmo miss out on the information that this site offered, but the site owners lost a potential customer, subscriber, and or an opportunity to share their message. Users with visual impairments should not have to adapt their behavior in order to effectively accomplish their goals. Rather, good web design should accommodate the needs of all users, including people with visual impairments. The next section is called The Problem. According to Prevent Blindness America, 53.2 million Americans aged 45 or older have some form of visual impairment from mild to severe, and about 18% of those affected are called legally blind. Visual impairments span a range of issues and disabilities, the most prominent of which are color blindness, low vision, and blindness. Color blindness includes difficulty distinguishing between colors, such as between red and green, or between yellow and blue, and sometimes inability to perceive any color whatsoever. The most common forms of color blindness are deuteranopia, which is a reduced sensitivity to green light, and protanopia, which is a reduced sensitivity to red light. Globally, color blindness affects 8% of the male population and 0.5% of the female population. So if you're a web designer, think about it this way. If 100 people visit your site, statistics have it that approximately 10 of them are not able to see colors at normal efficiency. It is estimated that about 285 million people are visually impaired worldwide. 39 million are blind, 246 million have low vision. Individuals diagnosed with low vision are able to see colors, but struggle with having poor acuity or vision that's not sharp, or they might have tunnel vision, seeing only the middle of the visual field, or they might have central field loss, which allows them to see only the edges of the visual field, or they might have a clouded vision condition. Those who have vision impairment that is beyond diagnosed low vision are considered blind. Blindness, by definition, is substantial, uncorrectable loss of vision in both eyes. Perhaps you've heard the term legally blind. This does not always insinuate total darkness, but the vision impairment is significant enough that one cannot function without personal or technological assistance due to the extreme loss of visual acuity. As UX designers, and remember that UX means the user experience, so the sentence begins, as UX designers, we at Fuzzy Math, we understand that although the statistical proportion of users who have a visual impairment is small compared to those who do not, we still must account for them during the design phase. It would not be fair, nor would it be right, to fail to incorporate designs that offer assistance and ease of use for those people who have a visual impairment. Therefore, we provide the following nine tips to improve usability for these people based on web content accessibility guidelines. This is abbreviated WCAG, and it's pretty important in this whole discussion. Web Content Accessibility Guidelines, and also based on the Americans with Disability Act, the ADA guidelines. 
we distill the aforementioned guidelines into a focused set of tips and tricks that other web designers can and should use in their design process. While the following tips aren't exhaustive, they do cover the common issues people with visual impairments experience when using the web. So we come to the list, nine tips on how to make a website accessible for blind and visually impaired people. Number one, provide sufficient contrast using colors and textures. Test colors to make sure they have the proper contrast ratio for readability. You can use tools such as the Stark plugin, tools such as this one, test combinations of text color on background color, and also take the text size into consideration. For example, the WCAG 2.0 level 2As, we got to explain some of those terms, the Web Content Accessibility Guidelines, the WCAG 2.0 level 2As, double A's. This is the level, there's three levels, A, double A, and triple A. So this is for the WCAG 2.0 level double A. Requires a contrast ratio of 4.5 to 1 for normal text and 3 to 1 for large text. For example, 14 point and bold or larger or 18 point and larger. Color contrast checkers typically check for compliance with this standard. So it might be a good idea to bookmark the standards and guidelines that WCAG has laid out. Furthermore, when using graphs, consider adding textures or patterns for the graph. These provide an extra layer of scannability and differentiation between data points when the ranges of value, hue, and saturation start to break down. The next tip on how to make a website accessible. Number two, limit and prioritize color in the interface. The more colors you introduce to a design interface, the more difficult it will likely be for even a non-vision impaired user to quickly identify primary actions and links. For an individual with color blindness, this only becomes more difficult as more colors are introduced. Here's a fun fact, Adobe Photoshop CC software offers support for simulating colorblindness. And according to Adobe, users can proof their images with a something called Color Universal Design, CUD, to ensure that graphical information is conveyed accurately to people with various types of color vision impairment, including people with color blindness. And once again, that's using a program from Adobe Photoshop CC software. And then they say, additionally, there's a software program called ColorSafe, another useful tool that creates color palettes for websites or applications. And now the third tip on how to make your website accessible, allow for manual font size adjustment. Nowadays, there are a number of ways to better accessibility for people who are visually impaired, including magnifying software and providing the ability to adjust text size in browser settings. However, many people with low vision, especially older people who may be experiencing age-related vision loss, do not use magnifying software, and they may not be familiar with their browser's text size adjustment options. By providing your users a clear option, whether it's a slider, a drop-down, a button, anything to alter the font size 
brands and businesses, especially those with content-heavy websites, become friendlier to visually impaired users. Manual font size adjustment. Coming to next to number four, don't rely on color alone to communicate important information. When it comes to alerts, warnings, and actionable page elements such as textual links and buttons, clarify that these meaningful to the user by more than a simple color change. Almost universally, people understand that underlined blue text is a link. On the flip side, there are still sites out there that underline blue text but do not link to anything. Colorblind users should be able to trust that when the color treatment is taken away, the underline will let them know that that is a link. Moreover, users will benefit from the use of icons and relevant labels accompanying alerts and actionable page elements. Each page element should have more than one visual cue. Images, links, buttons, and other similar elements can be enhanced with an icon, shape, positioning, or text. Much like the underlining of links, users will recognize primary action cues, such as size, placement, boldness, and icons. Next, we come to tip number five on how to make your website accessible. They say you should grant keyboard accessibility. Keyboard shortcuts can make a navigation for a visually impaired users far easier. A mouse is not useful for navigating because it requires hand-eye coordination. This is especially true for users who are blind and use screen readers to surf the web. For people with low vision, keyboard commands make it possible to navigate a site without having to strenuously focus and follow a mouse cursor across the screen. Number six, the tip for how to make your website accessible. Use explicit and descriptive labels for links and buttons. Avoid using vague link labels such as click here. People who use screen readers often use a keyboard shortcut to list all the links on a page to navigate more efficiently. Since this list of links has no surrounding text, it creates a contextless state. As such, it's imperative to create descriptive and explicit link labels that make sense out of context. This is best practice that benefits all users. Descriptive link labels can also promote scannability for sighted users. And as a bonus, this helps boost search engine optimization for the site. The most common way for users who are blind to surf the web is with a browser and screen reader, also known as text-to-speech software. Some of the most commonly used screen readers are Microsoft Narrator for Windows or VoiceOver for Mac users. Understand how text-to-speech software helps the visually impaired read websites is essential for anyone designing for such users. So here's the lowdown. A screen reader translates web pages into plain text. It then scans through the entire page in its plain text format and reads it aloud, line by line, one element at a time, progressing down the page in a linear fashion. 
This linear progression through page content creates a number of challenges for users who are blind, particularly related to ease of content consumption, comprehension, and scanning. For example, when arriving at a new page, sighted users can easily scan the page and understand at a glance the purpose and content that lives there. On the other hand, users who are blind must skim through the page linearly, one page element at a time, and must listen for the content they sought out in the first place. This can be highly time-consuming and requires ample concentration, or else a user might miss what he or she visited that site to find in the first place. For more information on how to design for screen reader compatibility, pay close attention to the next three tips. They're numbered 7, 8, and 9 in this overall list of nine tips to make your website accessible. So number seven for screen reader compatibility, provide alt text or descriptions for non-text content. When a screen reader reads an image or a graphic, it will say graphic or image, and then read the image's alternative text, or it's called alt text. If an image doesn't have the alt text, the screen reader will skip it. So for this reason, it is best to provide alt text for all images and graphics. Aim to keep descriptions for video and audio succinct and to the point. Remember, screen readers go line by line, so get your point across through your text and your alt text, your alternative text, in as few words as possible. The next tip for reader com screen reader compatibility, use headings to organize page content. This is the best practice that benefits all users. There are a number of ways in which screen readers that support scannability allow users to skim pages to get an overall impression of a page's content. One common way to skim a page with a screen reader is to jump from heading to heading. While skimming with a screen reader, users can hear an overview of the page's key information and then backtrack to read the parts that are most interested in them. Unfortunately, too many websites lack headings on pages. Without headings, this method of skimming through content is virtually impossible. Bearing this in mind, it is a crucial rule that web designers organize content with headings that, to the extent possible, represent an accurate overview of the content on the page. The next and final tip on how to make your website accessible is called Use Descriptive Titles for Every Page. This is another best practice that benefits all users. Along with having headings outlining the content within web pages, websites should always contain titles that describe the topic or the purpose of the page. The reason being that screen readers announce the page title when first loading a web page. Users who are visually impaired and need to use a screen reader profit by this in that they get to take back the valuable minutes they would have spent scanning a page to determine what kind of content it possesses. So the next section is called Takeaways when designing websites for the blind or visually impaired. There is much that still remains to be done in order to make web experiences more accessible for people with visual disabilities. 
attainable and practical web experiences not only minimize accessibility barriers and make the internet easier to use, but can also empower those with visual impairments through the provision of freedom and independence online, especially for people who are blind. Well, the article concludes by saying, consider integrating the nine aforementioned tips into your workflow. Take these tips back to your design team to facilitate conversations about the importance of designing for all users across a wide range of abilities. Utilize free web-based accessibility evaluation tools, such as WAVE, W-A-V-E, they mention, or Eval Access 2.0, that's spelled E-V-A-L-A-C-C-E-S-S. It's all one word. These are web-based accessibility evaluation tools. The first one was WAVE, and this one was Eval Access 2.0. These are used to assess the content on your website and ensure compliance with the WCAG. And remember, that stands for Web Content Accessibility Guidelines, WCAG. Make accessibility a priority in your design community, and you will open up a world of possibilities for a whole new audience of web users, as well as a plethora of opportunities for innovation within the UX or the user experience domain. I found a quote within the text of this article that was interesting to me, and then I have some more information about that for you. The quote is, The power of the web is in its universality. Access by everyone, regardless of disability, is an essential aspect. This was said by Tim Berners-Lee, who's director of the W3C, the World Wide Web Consortium, and he is inventor of the World Wide Web Well, that statement got my attention, so I checked with good old Wikipedia to find out more about him. Sir Timothy John Berners-Lee, who's got a whole bunch of initials after his name, is also known as Tim B.L. He is an English computer scientist best known as the inventor of the World Wide Web. He is a professorial fellow of computer science at the University of Oxford and a professor at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Wikipedia says he was born on June 8th in 1955 in London, which makes him 65 years old. Now, at this point, if you are at all like me, you are saying to yourself, wait a minute, I thought the World Wide Web and the Internet were the same thing. So what's the difference? Well, the BBC provided me this quick answer. World Wide Web versus the Internet. What's the difference? Most of us use the words web and internet to mean the same thing, but they're actually quite different. The World Wide Web, or the web for short, are the pages you see when you're at a device and you're online. But the internet is the network of connected computers that the web works on, as well as what emails and files travel across. So you can think of the internet as the roads that connect towns and cities together. The internet is the roads. The World Wide Web contains the things you see on the roads, like houses and shops. And the vehicles are the data moving around. Some go between websites, and others will be transferring your emails or files across the internet, separately from the web. Still a little bit confusing, right? Well, let's go to another article just for a few key principles of web accessibility. 
This article was written by Stephen Tidmore, who's Vice President of Technology at a web design company called Mighty Citizen. One thing he says is, making sure your site is accessible is simply the right thing to do. 61 million Americans have some disability. That's 26% of all American adults. 26%. Recent revisions to Section 508 mandate that all federal departments and agency websites created after January 2018 must follow new accessibility standards. Now, Section 508 points to the Web Content Accessibility Guidelines. You know it as the WCAG, now the Standard for Accessibility Compliance. WCAG is a much more modern and robust set of guidelines compared to the old Section 508 standards. It does a better job describing the functionality of a website needed for a variety of users who have disabilities. WCAG has three levels of accessibility standards. A plain old simple A level is basic web accessibility. Two A's handle the largest and most common barriers for disabled users. AAA, the strongest, strictest accessibility rules. The new Section 508 guidelines point to WCAG AA as the new standard. So if your website is compliant with the AA level, it will also be compliant with Section 508. The WCAG standards are organized around four principles of accessibility. These principles make up the foundation for anyone to access and use web content. Anyone who wants to use the web must have content that is, first of all, perceivable. Perceivable content means that users must be able to perceive the information being presented. Put simply, your content and user interface components can't be invisible to all your users' senses. Content must be operable. This is number two. Operability means that users must be able to operate the user interface and navigation. The interface cannot require interaction that's impossible for the user to perform. For example, if someone is unable to use a mouse, the website cannot require that they hover over an object to interact with it. The website should also be, this is number three, the website should also be understandable, which means that users must be able to understand the information as well as the operation of the user interface. The content or operation cannot be beyond the user's understanding. Here you have to take into account your users who may have some cognitive impairment. You also have to consider the reading level, which, by the way, is now at an 8th grade level on the average. The last principle, number four, is robust. This means that your content can be interpreted reliably by a wide variety of user tools, including assistive technologies. Not only that, but as technologies and user agents evolve, the content should remain accessible. Your content shouldn't be limited to only desktop access. It should be robust enough to be interpreted by a wide variety of tools like smartphones, screen readers, refreshable braille displays, etc. If any of these principles of accessibility are not true, users with disabilities will have trouble using your website. Then they end this by saying, Mighty Citizen can help. 
Now, please note, this is a web design company, and they say, at Mighty Citizen, we believe that good design is accessible design. Not only is prioritizing accessibility morally right, but it will increase your exposure by allowing millions of people to engage with your most public-facing content. Now, I must give you our famous disclaimer here. Remember, we don't endorse any product or company, but we just thought you should know about this. And looking back into this article, I like what he said when he said, making sure your site is accessible is simply the right thing to do. To summarize today's program, I hope you have learned lots about what can help make a website accessible for people with visual impairments. Don't hesitate to speak up if you notice something that's not quite right. To end the program today, I have a quote for you to think about. Someday, everything will make perfect sense. So for now, laugh at the confusion, smile through the tears, and keep reminding yourself that everything happens for a reason. Well, there are lots of versions of this quote, but this one was attributed to John Mayer. John Clayton Mayer is an American singer, songwriter, guitarist, and record producer. Born in Bridgeport, Connecticut, he attended Berklee College of Music in Boston. He is 43 years old, and he has won at least eight Grammy Awards. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a great week.